Hello, everybody, and welcome to Real Life, Real Faith. I am your host, Carol Lacey Donovan, and this evening we are thrilled to have with us none other than Dr. Natalie A. Francisco. She is an awesome, awesome woman of God, and she was our premier teacher in Real Life, Real Faith, Women of Faith magazine, and we were thrilled to have her in the magazine and wanted to also make sure that we interviewed her for the radio broadcast. Dr. Natalie, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you, Cheryl, for having me. Well, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of information about who you are and what you do? Sure. I am, first of all, a daughter of God, a wife of 32-plus years, and a mother of three adult daughters, two of which are married. Uh, I've been in ministry alongside my husband for 30 years, uh, and we are the senior pastors of Calvary Community Church in Hampton, Virginia, with locations in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, as well as in Peter Marisburg and Kimberly, South Africa. And then we also cover other churches, one of which is in Houston, in Western Texas, with pastors Cornelius and Yolanda Carroll. That's Abundant Love Christian Center. And we have churches in North Carolina as well. Wow, <laughs> Natalie, oh my goodness, that's a lot. Listen, I know that with everything that you do, one of the things that I always ask other women that come on the broadcast, because, you know, we are mothers, we're business leaders, we're entrepreneurs, we're ministry leaders, just just a plethora of things. What do you do to help keep yourself balanced? Oh, that's a great question. And, you know, uh, a lot of people have asked me that question as well, in particular women, and I like to use the word, or the phrase rather, in harmony rather than in balance, uh, because, again, uh, it is a, a, a plethora of hats, as you have said, that women are called to wear because of the fact that we have the nature of being a helpmeet, to give help, assistance, to add value to those that God places in our sphere of influence. And so some of the things that I do to maintain harmony in all of my relationships, uh, whether at home or with those uh, that God has allowed me to influence, is, first of all, maintaining my relationship with God. I'll give you uh, just an example. This morning, uh, the first thing that I did, of course, is to have my time with the Lord, and that's prayer, uh, scripture meditation, and reading. That keeps me grounded spiritually. And also one of the things that I do in order to uh, stimulate my mental growth <laughs> uh, is to continue to read. The Bible is a wonderful tool and resource, but I also believe in reading things that will keep us abreast of the areas in which we need to be uh, uh, cutting edge. Uh, so for me, that's anything that has to do with uh, spiritual growth, with for women uh, in ministry, uh, anything that will feed my mind and, and cause me to think critically. And then, of course, uh, the, because we're tripartite beings, we not only want to nurture our spirit and our mind, but also our body. And so our body is so very important, and we have to take care of that. Uh, and so what I do is I exercise uh, a minimum of 45 minutes a day, 45 minutes to an hour, uh, minimally, as I said. Uh, and also three times a week I incorporate uh, strength training, upper body work, uh, and then some things for um, this midsection. You know, ladies, sometimes we have a struggle with that. Don't <laughs> mind me. We are all in this thing together. Yes, <laughs> so ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and so it's I, my 
core strong, and, and it's good for our posture as well. So yes. I, I call the areas that we have to and must minister in, uh, in particular, uh, our four-square fitness level, because our four-square fitness level consists of our mind, our body, our spirit, as well as relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking about that midsection. I just have to say, like the kids say, the struggle is real. <laughs> so as we get out there and work. <laughs> So, you know, you, you, you talked about all of the different um, things that you do as it relates to ministry. You, you all are in South Africa. You're in Houston and just all over the place. What is, what is your vision as it relates to uh, the, the ministry that you have, your vision or, or your ministry as you're reaching out basically all over the world? Well, I, that's a, a two-pronged question, and I say that because, uh, as I said, I minister alongside my husband with the churches that we cover. Uh, globally, and so our uh, ministry focus in terms of our mission is building community, restoring hope, and transforming lives. That's what we are called to do. That's what we love to do. We're passionate about. So in terms of building the body of Christ in those areas where God has utilized our gifts, that is the focus. Uh, one of my passions as well is in working with women. I love women. I can't help it. And the, the clue to that was God gave me three daughters. And so uh, to, to focus on that area, my overarching vision, if you will, for that is mentoring women of worth for uh, uh, wisdom and uh, for practical living and giving. So, again, uh, that simply means, in a nutshell, that those women that God allows me to influence, I like to, uh, again, focus on those things that are to offer, be offered to God uh, in worship, and that is our life and our lifestyle. Uh, and then I believe that we're to give back. So when God gives us uh, innate gifts, abilities, and skills, we're to use them for his glory, uh, for others' benefit, but also to uh, answer the passion of our own hearts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as this as this ministry was being birthed out, um, and you began ministering to women, not only in your own community but all over the world, I, I know that you probably have some basic principles that you think are important, particularly for those of us in ministries. You know, there are principles, obviously, that are important for those who are lay members, you know, even though I believe everybody is a minister in their own right, but for those of us who have sort of taken on that leadership role in women's, in women's ministry to try to mentor other leaders and other women, what are some of those core principles that you find are important in that area? Well, I believe it's important, first and foremost, whether we are ministering to women uh, inside the walls of the church or in other ways that may seem unconventional, that we minister out of the ability that God has given us rather than trying to mimic someone else. Mm. I think it's so important to be authentic, to be who God has called us to be, and to be transparent because people aren't looking for uh, cookie-cutter rather images, but they're looking for, for people, and in particular women, who can be real, who can be themselves, and who can share stories that they have gone through to, again, allow people to know that life happens to us all, that tragedy can be turned into triumph, and if you're in between tragedy and triumph, that God can strengthen you and give you the wisdom to get from where you are to where you desire to be. Mm-hmm. You know what, I always, I always call it staying in your lane. <laughs> you know, stay oh, in yeah. your lane, 
you end up getting pulling over the other lane, and then it causes wrecks. It causes accidents. That's true. Well, you know what? One of the things I discovered as well is that God gives each and every one of us grace. And that mm-hmm. simply means, if there's a simple definition of that, the ability to do what we alone can do and that no one else can do quite like us but us. And so mm-hmm. with that grace, as long as we, as you said, stay in that area, then we will be fruitful. That means that we'll increase in, in areas of our lives spiritually. Uh, we'll see ourselves growing in our relationship with God, but also uh, in relationships with other people. We will see the evidence of staying in that place of grace where God has called us, and we'll be fulfilled in that area. What I found is, not only in my life, but in the lives of other women and men, to be quite honest, is that when we operate outside of that lane or outside of our area of grace or influence, rather than being fruitful and fulfilled, we become frustrated and fatigued. Mm-hmm. Often tired, and some of us, you know, we take the R right out of that. We don't say tired. We just tired. We just tired. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's, it's it's funny that you say that because a lot of times I hear people um, come to me and they'll say, "Well, I wish that I could be like you when I grow up, or I want to be like you when I grow up." And my response always to them is, no, you don't. You don't want to be like me when you grow up. You want to be like whatever it is that God has called you to be. Because, you know, your, my struggles are not your struggles. My experiences are not your experiences. You don't really know what kind of hell I went through to be able to get to where I am right now. So, you know, I always remind them that you want to walk in authenticity of who God has called you to be. What I will do for you is to try to help you pull that out. But, no, I want you to be better than me. I want you to excel further than me. And it, it puts me in the mind of what um, Dr. Miles Monroe said, the late Dr. Miles Monroe, which was, you know, you cannot be a success unless you have successors. And that's really where I think all of us should be trying to place ourselves is, is helping to pull out of every other person what God has created them to be. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really good. You know, one of the other things that can go along with that that I can remember Miles Monroe teaching uh, is that when purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. Uh, and so yes. when we don't know what we are called to do, then we begin to abuse the very gifts that God has given us to bless our own lives and most importantly to honor him and to bless others as well. So we yeah. get in abusive relationships, we attract to ourselves the wrong kind of people, we're doing the wrong thing, and then we're wondering why is it that we are so unfulfilled. It's because we have not been connected enough to God to go back to the original creator and find out why we were created. So we must Absolutely. know our purpose, for it is our purpose that gives us motivation to wake up in the morning to, again, know that this is the day that the Lord has made, and then to be passionate about those things that are in alignment and in agreement with our own innate gifts. Mm-hmm. And that, that's very true. You know, something else that I find a lot with uh, many of the women that I work with is that they want to be validated or they want to get approval from other people. What are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. I think, again, we've got to go back to our Creator and realize what God says about us to supersede what anyone else has said or will say about us. And so we have to mimic really what his word says, and that, again, means that we have to know the word of God by reading it, by studying it, 
by, again, allowing ourselves to lift up passages like uh, Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14, talking about how God says, and this is David coming to the realization of this, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and my soul knows that right well. And so our soul encompasses the deepest part of us, our mind, our will, our intellect, our emotions, and our imagination. If we can get all of the components of who we are in agreement with God's word, then we won't be looking to be validated by anyone else because we will know with assurance and confidence, not arrogance, but assurance and confidence who we are, whose we are, what we're called to do, and we'll be that and do that unapologetically. Yeah. And, you know, that is so, so important because it is it is very easy. As a matter of fact, I can I can attest to this fact because been there, done that. We've bought the T-shirt, sold it back, and all of that. Because it is so yeah. easy to allow other people to try to place on you their expectations of who they think you should be. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you sometimes if you're not careful you find yourself walking in that thing and not recognizing that, wait a minute, this is not who I am really authentically. So, so I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but that's, that's one of the things that I share with the woman that I work with, that, you know, it's, it's easy to do that. And it, cause just because you can do it does not necessarily mean that you should be doing it. Yeah. We, we have to learn, I believe, to be comfortable in our own skin. To, even if it takes practicing in the mirror, looking at the image that God has created us to be and saying to ourselves, I love me. God loves me first, and I love me. I love everything about me. Hey, I even love my midsection right now, but I'm going to work on it. <laughs> you know, we can't, we can't get to the point where we want to work on something until we accept who we are first. That means flaws and all. Yeah. That's love and acknowledge that this is who I am, and whether other people acknowledge it or not is not my problem, it's theirs. But I'm going to leave that between them and God. Right now, God has called me to be on this earth, not to, as my husband often says, you know, take up time and space, but to realize why I'm here and to be busy about doing my father's business. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's really a place that all of us have to get to. I, um, you refer to it as identifying our truth, and sometimes the truth hurts. <laughs> you know, when you when you really get to the to the core of everything and, the, and to the core of who you are and where you are, and you know, sometimes even identifying the fact that you've wasted a lot of time being what everybody else expected you to be, rather than what God had really created you to be. But it, mm-hmm. it's an important. Yeah, if we ever want to get to the point where we're able to manifest all those things that God intended for our lives, you know, especially when we read in Jeremiah 29 and 11 when it says he knows the plans. If we really want to walk out those plans, it, it, it takes some time to be transparent even to ourselves and to identify our own truth and to begin to face some of those demons and fears that we have that keep us from getting to where it is that God wants us to go. Sure, that's right. I, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, we've talked about this midsection a couple of times, so I'm just gonna <laughs> gonna ask you <laughs> about your own personal journey. You know, the transformation health wise. What has that mm-hmm. that kind of been like for you? Well, you know, I talk about my health journey and and what led me to the place where I am now in one of the books that I've written called A Woman's Journal for Joyful Living: Successful Steps to Holistic Health. And in that book, I share really about how we are to nurture, as I 
said earlier, our mind, our body, and our spirit, and our relationships, and how to do that in each component. But in terms of our physical body, I came to, well, I should say it this way, I had a come-to-Jesus meeting (laughs) in uh, October of 2009. And let me set up what was going on then. I, I just have to be quite honest. I had just had my own women's conference uh, in Hampton, Virginia, uh, and so with the planning of that and executing of that and, and making sure the guests were taken care of, all of that from Friday to Sunday that entire weekend, and then after getting the last guest speaker uh, to the airport, I had to fly out and go to the Bahamas to minister uh, early that morning uh, at another women's conference by one of my friends. And so I was so tired and fatigued that by the time I got to my hotel room, I saw the bed, yes, I saw the chair first, though. And so I sat in the chair, and I slept in the chair. That's how, I should say, not tired, that's how tired I was. There you go, there you go. I passed out in the chair, and when I woke up, God chastised me. I know now, quite honestly, how my children feel when they're pulling, when they were being chastised uh, younger. Because he said, "How can you minister to women, and how can I continue to open up the doors that I have for you and the opportunities that you are uh, tailor made for if you don't take care of your body?" And so I found out that during that period of time, I was majoring now on my spiritual life, making sure that I was. Uh, communing with God, prayer, all of that, uh, reading the Bible, studying, but my physical life was a wreck. I was over 232 pounds at the time. And mm. so uh, God just really gave me, within that whole chastisement period, if you will, before I was to minister to the next morning to the group of women there, a plan as to uh, how to take care of not just my my mind and my spirit, but my body. And it was 10 simple steps that he gave me, which I talk about in the book. And so, you know, they, they are, are easy. Uh, it did not involve dieting at any rate, taking a diet pill, anything like that. There are things that we hear of and that we know about, but knowing something and doing it are two separate things. And so once I began to do those things uh uh, faithfully, consistently, I lost 60 pounds. And so I've been keeping that regimen up ever since. You know what, that is so true. It's um, I liken it to having a bank account. You know, you, you continually make withdrawal after withdrawal after withdrawal and never make a deposit. If you're not careful, you're going to be overdrawn. And if you treat all of your finances like that, you're going to be bankrupt. And that, that's kind of how we sometimes get when we forget about the self-care piece. If we are not well, if we are not in safe and able to function, and all these people that we call ourselves trying to help, you know, right. we're going to be out of the picture anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? That's exactly right. You're right. Mm-hmm. And I, I address that. God gave me a simple definition of self-care, the intentional uh, putting together of our mind and our will to take care of the most important asset that God has given us other than his son, Jesus Christ, and that is ourselves. And so we can put ourselves on the front burner. Sometimes we're not on any of the burners in the kitchen. We're not in the kitchen at all. (laughs) Exactly. Everybody else is taken care of, 
and that's how many women suffer. And I know because there was a period in my life where I went through the same scenario. And so I, I came to a different realization, you know, again, over a decade ago, and my life has been enriched in so many ways uh, as yeah. a result. Yeah. We have to remember, just like the word says, that our body is a temple, and we need to treat it as such. Yep. So true. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit, yes. Absolutely. Dr. Natalie, one of the things that I like to ask everybody that is on the podcast before they leave is this. What will Dr. Natalie A. Francisco's legacy be? My legacy is, again, uh, imparting the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding that God has given me to the next generation. I believe that all of us have that responsibility to leave a legacy in the earth, to reproduce ourselves in the lives of others. Whereas we're not to mimic anybody else, I do believe that what God has called us to do and to embody should be uh, our focus to take that and to impart it to someone else so that when we leave this earth, people will know that we were here and that someone else can take up the mantle that we've had. Uh, I, I have had that, that focus for my children, uh, for those that I mentor uh, in our ministry, for my Women of Worth and Worship Institute, uh, where I offer online and on-site classes to women. Uh, and so I, I am able to, uh, thankfully, influence those that God assigns to me so that, again, even when I am gone, on to glory, the things that I've learned, the lessons that God has shared with me, I've been able to impart to someone else. Well, Dr. Natalie, before you go, I want to give you an opportunity to tell our listeners how they can contact you um, and how they can find out more about what you're doing with your wonderful ministry. Sure. Well, you can contact me uh, via my website at nataliefrancisco.com. Again, that's N-A-T-A-L-I-E-F-R-A-N-C-I-S-C-O.com. Uh, you can also contact me, whether it is for speaking engagements or uh, what have you, at info, I-N-F-O, at C3Hampton.org. Again, that's info at C3Hampton.org. Uh, I have several books that I've written, and those are available on my website as well. Okay. Well, Dr. Natalie, thank you so much again for joining us. It has truly been a pleasure, and hopefully we'll get together soon where we can actually meet in, in, in person because I know we have a lot of mutual friends in common. Yes, we do. And, you know, uh, Houston is my second home. It really is. I, I, I see that. <laughs> Dr. Natalie, thank you so much. Thank you, girl. God bless you. Absolutely. Listeners, that was Dr. Natalie A. Francisco. We want to make sure that you visit her at www.nataliefrancisco.com to find out more about what she's doing with her wonderful ministry. Thank you so much for listening tonight. And as always, we'd like to remind you that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. Be blessed.